Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk sheet. Recorded live. Falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever, ever done. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever, ever done. In his arms, I feel protected. In his arms, never disconnected. In his arms, I feel protected. There's no place I'd rather, rather be. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever, ever done. In his arms, I feel protected. In his arms, never disconnected. In his arms, I feel protected. There's no place I'd rather, rather be. There's no place I'd rather, rather be. Amen. Falling in love. Amen. With Jesus. Amen. Not with some, with no any kind of man, but with the man Jesus. Amen. That's where our protection is at. It's in his arms. Where we feel protected. And in his arms, never disconnected. 
Amen. You might be disconnected with people, but you can never be disconnected with God. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of time. He'll be there. Amen. That's his word. He promised us. Amen. And God is no short of his word. Once again, we thank the Lord for each and every one of you who have gathered here on today. Thank the Lord for those that are listening in to our broadcast. Amen. And we do appeal to everyone that we're looking for people to come and help build this ministry. Amen. I believe that it's something that people need. Amen. Because there are some churches, I'm not saying every church, some churches are playing church, playing with people's emotions, amen, and trying to make them feel good about themselves rather than teaching them the will of God for our lives. Amen. We need musicians. We need choir members. We need deacons and deaconess. We need you, amen, to help us build this ministry so we can reach out to those who are less fortunate, amen, to homeless. Amen. Those that are hungry. Amen. The widows and the elderly people that need help. Amen. Not uh, ministering to those who already have. Amen. So we can keep people uh, in the congregation. But we need to reach out to those. Amen. That are not with us. We need to reach out to people who really have an actual need. And not play politics. Amen. With people to keep. Amen. The popularity vote, if you may say so. Amen. So if you're looking for a church home, amen, we invite you to New Web Life Ministries. Amen. We're located 32822 State Highway 249. Amen. I know for some people coming to church 3 o'clock in the evening, amen, is kind of out of the question. Amen. But it's a sacrifice. Amen. When you come. Amen. And do this. This is a sacrifice that we all make. Amen. To build the kingdom of God. Amen. He came all the way from heaven. Amen. To make a sacrifice for you and I that we may have eternal life. Amen. And we can build this ministry. Amen. To what God has showed me to be. Amen. We wouldn't have to be here three o'clock in the evening always. Amen. But for now, this is what we have, and we thank God that we have a place that we can come and minister the word of God. Amen. So we thank you for your presence. Amen. We'll take, uh, we do take financial donations if you want to donate, amen, to this ministry. Amen. You can send it in care of Herm, Pastor Herman Evans, amen, at uh, 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Amen. We thank God for you. And if you need to uh, call for prayers, amen, the number is 504-881-1115. Amen. We'd be glad to minister to you. And don't forget our Tuesday night Bible studies at 630. Amen. As we go through the word of God. Amen. For your consideration, we'll be coming from 16th chapter of the book of Matthew. And we begin our reading from verse... 21. 
Matthews chapter 16, verse 21. Amen. I remember during the time of, of war, amen, before they uh, stopped drafting, they used to have a sign standing outside saying, Uncle, with Uncle Sam picture on it saying, I need you. Amen. And this is what Christ is saying to you and I. He need us. Amen. To carry on his kingdom right here on earth. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we're saying we need you. Come on out and help us to carry this ministry to another level. Amen. Where we lift up the name of Jesus. Because here Jesus is Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time forward began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me. Satan, thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Amen. For a little while this afternoon, we would like to speak from the subject, the power of the cross. The power of the cross. Our Father and our God, we thank you once again for the believers that have gathered here in your house of worship, as well as those who have called to listen into our live broadcast. Lord, we pray that you give them a word on this afternoon. We pray that you give them encouragement this afternoon. We pray that you lift them up this afternoon, dear God, because we all are struggling and going through something. Some need you for one thing and some need you for another, but whatever the need is, Lord, we know that you can meet it in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Father, touch us with your word on today. Open our eyes of understanding, dear God, why we're dealing with this, that, and the other in the mighty name of Jesus. And for it, Master, we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, and the believers say, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. The power of the cross. Amen. You hear, in some church settings, you hear people say, no cross, no crown. Amen. No pain, no gain. So it lets you know that in order for to receive, it's something that you're going to have to give. 
Even in the business world, they say in order for to make a dollar, you have to also spend a dollar. Amen. Jesus here is trying to portray to his listeners, to his readers, the power of the cross. Jesus has just come from doing ministry. And some people have mistaken his identity or his purpose in coming. And so the Bible said that when they entered into Caesarea Philippi, Jesus takes his disciples to the side. Because, you know, when Jesus was healing and, 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 and turning uh, uh, water into wine and, and when he was feeding the 5,000 with two fishes and five loaves of bread, they had a great multitude of people following him. And so everywhere Jesus showed up and people heard about it, there was a lot of people following him. Not that they wanted him, but they wanted what they could get from him. And so what Jesus does, he takes his disciples to the side. And he asks them a question when they get over to the side of, 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 of the river and asks them, he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Who do people say that I am? What is people saying about me? What are they thinking about me? What is they, their thoughts concerning me? And so Peter answers Jesus, and, 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 and he said, some say you're John the Baptist. And they got some of them saying that you're Jeremiah, and others saying that you might be one of the prophets. And so Jesus listening at what they're saying about what people say. Because, you know, sometimes it's what people say that can, you know, change our mind. It's what people say can dictate to us what we think. Sometimes it's what people say that will guide us astray. And so Jesus listened at what he had been hearing said about him, and his disciples was listening. So in order for you to know, you have to be to listen to what somebody is saying. And so Jesus asked the question, he said, well, who do you say that I am? You've been with me. You didn't heard my teaching. You didn't, you didn't saw the miracles and the signs that I've done. You know the scriptures, what the prophets of old have said. So who do you say that I am? Peter jumps up and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, flesh and blood haven't told you these things. He said, But it was my Father, which is in heaven, have revealed this to you, Peter. He said, Upon this truth, upon this rock of truth, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, he didn't say the gates of hell would not come. He just said that it wouldn't prevail. So for some of us who are listening at this, some of us who are going through something that's questioned our walk with God and why certain things happen, is because the gates of hell is coming after you to try and turn you around, but the Bible says it will not prevail against the church. Now, if you really are the church, if you really are walking with Christ, then you're going you're gonna to have some turbulence in your life. There's something that's going to come against you. 
family and friends might come against you. It's always somebody that's real close to you that will come out against you. It was always somebody who you thought would be there for you would hurt you. It's always somebody that you thought that you could trust would betray you. And all of these things happened to Jesus. And the Bible said that if it happened in a dry tree, I mean in a, in a green tree, how much more would happen to a dry tree? Now we do know a green tree is a fruitful tree. A dry tree don't have leaves, so therefore it can't bring forth fruit. And so Jesus said he's, is the, he's the green tree that brings forth fruit. And if they do this to a tree that brings forth, how much more will it do to you and I? If they persecuted the prophets which were before you, how much more would you and I be persecuted? And so he tells us these things. He warns us concerning these things. But yet when these things come upon us, we complain. We stop praying. We stop coming to Bible study and stop attending church because we think that it don't work. But baby, the fact that things is coming against you will let you know that this is working for you. It is working for you. That's why the Lord gave me this message and this, and this, and this uh, title about the power of the cross. Now, the cross actually represents death and shame. That's what the cross represents. Because the Bible says, Christ is he who hangs upon a tree. So it represents death and shame. But Christ has turned the death and shame into victory. Without the shedding forth of Jesus' blood, there'd be no remission for sin. You and I will still be left in our sins, headed for a burning hell. But because Christ came and sacrificed himself for you and I, that's something that you as a believer don't have to be concerned about. And so Jesus asked his disciples, say, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. And so I asked you a new way of life. Who do you say Christ is to you? Who do you take him for? Some people take him for a Santa Claus sugar daddy that they think that they, when they get down on their knees and pray that God's supposed to open up everything for them without going through anything. And so we need to understand that walking with Christ is a life of sacrifice. You have to give up something in order for to gain something from him. So, so Jesus goes on to tell them, he said, look, all of that's good and fine, Peter, for you to realize who I am. Amen. But now you need to learn my purpose and why I came. Yes, I am the Christ. I am the son of the living God. But now you must learn my purpose. So you have to understand, church, that we have a purpose in this world. We're not just here to look pretty, amen, and have houses, land, cars, and money, and clothing. No, we have a purpose, and our purpose is not in the world, but our purpose is inside of Christ Jesus. Amen, somebody. The Bible says for us to let our light shine before men, that they may see our good works, that it may glorify our Father, which is in heaven. So that means now you've got to turn something on. You can't have a light without turning on the switch. You may have a light bulb, but it ain't going to do you no good unless you turn on the switch. So how good are you and I to this world if we don't turn on the switch? You got to turn something on in order for the world to see the Christ that's inside of you. You can't talk him. You can't dress him, baby. This is something that we all got to live for Christ Jesus. 
And so the Bible says, at this time forth, he began to tell his disciples his purpose and why he came. How many of us that's listening in, as well as those that are here, have ever really got down, really, really, really business with God and asked, Lord, what is my purpose here? All of us have a purpose. All of us go through something. But none of us go through the same thing. So therefore, it tells me that we have a different purpose, but it's all for the purpose of Christ. And so whatever he does to you allows to come in your life is because of the purpose that he has designed you for, that people will see Christ inside of you. And so if you're not built to take any pain or suffering, then you have joined the wrong business. Because this business of saving souls is going to cost you something. And so he began to explain to them what his purpose is. And I believe that we need to get down to business in our prayer time and ask God, really, what my purpose is. Because if you can find out what your purpose is, then you can understand why the pain that you have and the disappointment that you're going through, because now you know what your purpose is. And the pain and the suffering only come to try and turn you around from your purpose. Peter tells Jesus, say, no, Lord, it be far from thee. After he tells him that he's going to come and be killed, but yet he's going to rise on the third day. Now, he's not looking at the fact that he's going to rise again. He's not looking at the fact that on the, the cross is going to bring power. He's not looking at that. He's looking at the fact that he said that he would be killed. And so Peter jumps up and says, no, Lord, let that be far from thee. See, we don't want to go through nothing. And the thing that brings us our security, we don't want to lose it. But there's things that God's going to allow us to go through so we can put our trust only in him. A lot of us depend on that paycheck. Depend on mama or daddy, our husband, our wives, the jobs that we have. There's certain things that, that we depend on. And God is trying to get us away from depending on it to depend only and solely on him. And so Jesus rebukes Peter and tells him he, now, he don't savor, he don't look for the things of God, but he's looking at the things of men. And this is where we got to get back to church. We got to start savoring those things that be of God and not of men. We make plenty of time for things of the flesh, the things of men or the things of women. We make many times, we make time for those things. We, we put them in our schedule and on our agenda. Amen. And sometimes it may conflict even with church time, with Bible study, and we tend to go to those things that service the things of men much more than we service the things of God. But when trouble comes knocking at your door, who's the first one you call on? Who's the first one you look at? Who's the first one you plead your case to? Not the people who you didn't savage your time to, but you call on God. Because he said, if you ask, it shall be given. And if you seek, you'll find, and if, the, if you knock, the door will be open. You know all of these scriptures, but baby, do you know your purpose? 
And a lot of us have got away from the purpose in which we was called to. Amen. God called you to a holy calling. He called you to righteousness. Amen. Called you to serve as a deacon or as a, as a, as a, 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 a deaconess. Called you to, to serve as a, as a choir director, a choir member. But we have gotten away from it. Because we savor the things of men, much more we savor the things of God. Look how fast we fall from God's grace. It wasn't that many verses of scripture that, God, that, that Peter claims Jesus to be the Christ. And he said, Peter, upon you, upon this rock, upon the truth that came out of your mouth, I'm going to build my church. But he, just a few verses after that, he calls him Satan. Look how quick you can get out of God's grace when you look at the things that be of people much more than you look at the things that be of God. It don't take much. Do you realize the old man is still there? I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how well you can teach or preach or how well you can sing. That old man who, who was there before you got saved, he's still there. Just waiting to be resurrected again when you stay away from Christ, stay away from the fellowship, and stop saving the things of God. Sooner or later, the things of this world are going to mean much more to you than the things of God. Just a few verses, not that long, within the same chapter. It wasn't another chapter, the very same chapter. He, he acknowledged Peter, pats him on the back and encouraged him. And say, upon this, Peter, we're going to build a church. You know who I am. And if we know who he is, then we ought to know what his purpose was. But yet Peter knew who he was, but didn't know the purpose. So Christ began to feel the believe that he was comfortable. Now I can tell Peter what, I, what I'm truly here for. What I'm truly here for, Peter, is, is to die for you and to die for the sins of the world. But Peter said, no, Lord, let that be far from thee. And now Jesus rebuked Peter and calls him Satan. How can we be a blessing one minute, minister to people one minute, people encouraged by what you say one minute, and the very next minute you turn around and do something, and they say, that girl ain't nothing but full of the devil. She ain't nothing but a hypocrite. But yet people talk about you in another sense. Once you're a good Christian and you're a good encourager, but now all of a sudden you're acting like Satan. How could we be so encouraged in the church one minute and get in the car and go home and curse one another out the very next minute, right after we come out of church? People fussing and cussing at each other after they've been encouraged in the service, singing God's song and listening at God's word, feeling God's presence, and just one minute later we leave and all hell break loose. He said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't call Peter Satan. He called the spirit that was using Peter Satan. You got to know what type of spirit is using you. You have to know what type of spirit that people have when they come at you. He said, get behind me, Satan, because thou art no offense to me. I have a job to do. I have, I, have, I have a calling on my life. 
I have an anointing that God has placed upon me that gives me responsibility. Do you realize salvation comes with responsibility? You have a responsibility to Christ. You have a responsibility to this world. Because you are not here for yourself. As a preacher preached on New Year's Eve night, but we are here for somebody else. And how could somebody see Christ inside of us and be encouraged by the way we live if we don't savor the things that be of God? He tells Peter, say, you're an offense to me. You're not no asset. You're a liability. And that's what some people have become to the church. That's why we can't get the drunks off the corner and the dope addicts out the dope house because we're an offense to the church. You have become an offense. You have become a liability. I know what I have to deal with. I know what I'm going to have to go through because of my, of my mission that I'm here on. And I need your encouragement. Do you realize that we all need to encourage one another? I don't care how many smiles people have on the face, but behind that smile, they're going through something. Behind that pretty outfit you have on, baby, you're going through something. And we need to have encouragement. That's why the song is saying, Lord, we need to hear from you. We need a word from you. People don't always tell you their business and what they're going through. But, baby, trust me, everybody in here, and those that's listening are going through something. It may not be what you're going through, but they're going through something. Jesus knew what his mission was. He knew what he, was, what he came to do. But the Bible said that he came in the form of sinful flesh and dwelt among men. And so he had the same feelings that you and I have, because the Bible says, look what the scripture says concerning him. The Bible said that God have not uh, the feelings of infirmities like we are, but yet he is tempted in every point like we are. That's a man. That's a man. He has the same feelings of our infirmities. He, he is touched with our feelings. He's moved by what you're going through. Why? Because he came in the, same, in the form of sinful flesh. And he went through something. And in order for you to know what somebody else is going through, baby, you have to be in business. You can't minister somebody about drugs if you ain't been dealing with drugs. You can't minister somebody who's been an alcoholic if you never drank before. You can't minister somebody who got a problem with their marriage if you never been married before. And so the Bible said that 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 he's not a man that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was tempted in every way, even as we are. Now you know how you've been tempted, huh? Everybody in here been tempted. Some of us are still being tempted. And so whatever temptation you have, the Bible says he didn't been there. So he knows what you're going through, so it's easy for you to talk to him. And so he tells Peter, you have become an offense to me. You're supposed to be a blessing and an asset, but you become an offense because now you're allowing the devil to use you and stop me from completing the mission that I have been on. We all in here have a mission that Christ can call us to. He didn't call you to be saved just to sit in here and fill the pews. Baby, you better get back to witnessing. You better get back to talking to somebody and encouraging somebody who might be contemplating suicide or doing away with their babies or, or whatever they're going through. Lord, help us. Jesus said to Peter, he said, look, if any man 
is willing to come after me, any man willing to walk with me, if any man willing to take on my name and be called a Christian, if anybody is willing to do any of this, he must first take up his cross. Take up your cross and follow me. So I ask you today, church, and all of you who are listening in, <laughs> where you laid yours down. I know the songwriter said, I'm going to lay down my burdens, but he never said, lay down your cross. So where is your cross? Where you didn't put yours down at? What didn't discourage you and stop you from following Christ? A lot of people are coming to church, but the church is not going with the people. And so he tells Peter, if any man will come after me, if any man want to be identified with me, he got to first take up his cross because there's power in the cross. Although it might it, it, it represent debt and shame, but there's power in the cross. Do you realize in order for you to go to college, you got to first finish high school? And it's what you do on your, your what they call that test? The SAT test determines on where you can go or what kind of college you can go to. And so he's putting us through the test when we take up that cross because it's going to determine what our reward is when we make it into heaven. No cross, no crown. No pain, no gain. And so the Bible said that let, every, let him take up his cross and let him what? Deny himself. There's a lot of things we don't want to go through. There's a lot of things we don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through it either. And I don't want to suffer. Amen. But I believe from what I read in the word of God that heaven had much more for me to gain than for me to lose here in this present world. Because I don't care what I can accumulate here. I can't take it with me. It's only here. I'm only using it for a span of time. I'm only borrowing it. Because it can't, I can't take it with me. I don't care how many degrees I get. I can have as many as they have on a, on a, on a, on a on a thermometer, it's not going to help me to make it into heaven. It's what I live here and what I do here for Christ. All of those things going to last. That's the only thing going to last, what I do here. He said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, if we follow him, it may lead us in some dangerous and some bad situations. But the Bible said, after three days. Huh. I know three days might last a year. Three days for some people might last a month. But he said that we're going to get back up again. That's the power that the cross has. Amen. If you're willing to go to the cross, amen, and be crucified to the cross. Paul said, I'm crucified to this world, and this world is crucified unto me. He said, yeah, though I live, yet not I, but the Christ that lives within me. That's who people is trying to see. They're trying to see Christ. Amen. They see us coming and going from church. I don't care if it's 3 o'clock or 11 o'clock. They see people coming and going from church, but they don't see the church in people. And people is looking to see, where is the church? Where is the church? Same people you see coming and going. It's the same one you see coming in and out the club, coming out the motel and the hotel. Amen. They let him deny himself, 
and take up his cross. The cross is the thing that identifies us with Christ. He said, for whoever will save his life shall lose it. In other words, what the scripture is saying, if you don't want to sacrifice anything, if you're not willing to give up anything, then the same life that you think you're saving, you're losing it. You're losing your life. Because although you might be in church, the church is not inside of you. Because there's no sacrifice that you're making. That people will see that you're identified with Christ. You're not carrying no cross. You don't want to go through anything. So nobody want to go through anything. Matter of fact, Christ didn't really want to go through it. But he knew what his mission was. And he knew that going to the cross will save this whole world. He said, but though I'm going to the cross on the third day, I'll rise again. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now, you willing to give up you for him? Then you can gain eternal life. Amen. And not only you, but the people who surround you, the people who cross your path. Amen. What actually, what must I do to be saved? Because people haven't really saw the true Christ. Do you realize the same word that Christ came preaching, that the prophets of old, the Pharisees and the Sadducees inside these big old uh, 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 edifices, these big old churches, these big old synagogues, they were saying the same thing. They were they was dressed in long robes and with a big cross upon their chest. They were saying the same thing. But people saw nothing in them. They saw nothing in the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Matter of fact, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't really agree with one another. And so the people saw nothing in them. As soon as they heard John preaching in the wilderness and they heard Christ coming, the, the Bible says the people left out of Jerusalem and Judea and all the region round about, and they went to see what John was talking about. And he only had a message of repentance. He had a message of repentance. He said, there's one coming after me that's much mightier than I. And when Christ came, Christ came. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so what, what John prepared them for, Christ came and said, here I am. This is it, what John was talking about. But there's no greater prophet than John. The greatest one of, that, that was better than John is me. I'm the one who John preached to you about. I'm the one who the prophets prophesied about. I'm here for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare your way. Make your path straight. We got to get it right, church, and we got to be willing to sacrifice. We got to be willing to give ourselves for the church, be willing to give ourselves for, for the kingdom of heaven. People need Christ, and you, and you may not realize that they need him much more than you could ever think. You know what you done went through. Just think of some other person may not be as strong as you that's going through the same thing. And you know how close you came to doing this at, and the other. You know how close, close you was pushed. Just think about somebody who don't know him. Never had been taught about him. Where do you think they might be at this time? Where are their mindset? Where are they at right now? There's some people that say that if I had known that she was going to do this or he was going to do that, I, I started to talk to him. 
But I didn't want to interfere in their life. I didn't want to get in their business. But now their life is ruined. They're in jail for the rest of their life. Or even they might be dead. I'm telling you, church, get back on your mission. Get back to witnessing. Get back to living this life for God so that people's lives may be changed just by looking at you. So people can tell you how much of a blessing you are to them. You heard what the scripture said when we read in Malachi chapter, in chapter 3, when he said to, that, that, that when they do these things, that people will look upon them and call them a delightsome land. Yeah. Let somebody say that you're a delightsome part in their life. You have become a blessing to them. Be willing to lose this life. For Jesus said, whosoever will lose his life, for my sake shall find it. He said, but what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world, die and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What is worth more than your soul? What, 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 can, you, what can you give in exchange for your soul? What is worth that much? You didn't find people get out there and rob. And lose their whole life in penitentiary for the rest of their life. Kill somebody. Because then they got angry. What, what, what you going to give up for your life that Christ gave you? God gave you a life. Do you realize they had people die at crib death? They died in the crib before they was able to start a life. God gave you an opportunity to start a life. Let you live. Not to take up space on this earth, but to be here for a reason and for a purpose. You ought to be happy. You ought to be shouting right now that if I'm still here, God got a plan and a purpose for my life. Baby, don't worry about what you're going through and how bad you've been hurt because there's power in the cross. Let them nail you to the cross. Let them crucify you. Let them talk about you like a dog. Amen. But there's power. Power in the cross. There's power in the cross. Amen. Regardless of what you lose in this life, Christ said you're going to gain eternal life. What can you give in exchange for that? Because guess what? The Bible says an appointed once for man to die. But after death comes the judgment. So it lets you know that we all got to lay down and die one day. So what you're going to give in exchange at the time that you got to answer God's call and you haven't lived nothing, haven't sacrificed anything, what are you going to tell God when you stand before him? He's going to let you know, I gave you an opportunity. I gave you a mission and a purpose. You left it for the affairs of this world. And the Bible says he's going to separate us as the sheep is separated from the goat. The sheep going to be on his right hand and the goat on his left. He said to those that are on his right hand, he said, come up, ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you. But those on the left, he said, be, you're going to be crushed into eternal fire. It's your choice. We all have a choice that we make. He said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. If God be God, then serve God. But then if God be mammon, then serve it. But we all got the answer one day for whoever we serve. There's power in the cross. There's power in the cross. It may not feel too good right now. Amen. 
It didn't feel too good to Christ when they nailed him in his hand and in his feet. Didn't feel too good when they put them 72 thorns upon his head. Amen. And mocked him and spit in his face. It didn't feel too good. It didn't feel too good. But he completed his mission. People might talk about you and put you down. And it may not feel too good what they're saying about you. But you got to remember you got a purpose and a plan for your life. And God is counting on you, church. He's counting on you to complete that mission. Carry out the plan he had for your life. Don't get deterred. Don't become a deficit. Don't become an offense. But become an asset to God. Become an asset to his kingdom. Guide people to Christ. Encourage people's lives to give it to God. Regardless of what you're going through, God could fix it for you. I remember when I came. I came to God. I was 35 years old when I came to him. Came to him with nothing but problems. Child support from two different women. All kind of hell had been broke loose in my life. And my wife kept telling him, telling me, come to God. Let the preacher pray for you. Come see what the word is saying. And I said to myself, how in the world could somebody pray for me? Is he a magician? How in the world could I go and listen at some words being said in the church and change my life? But it wasn't until I made up my own mind. She couldn't make up my mind for me. Trouble ran me to God. That's what trouble will do. Trouble will bring you to a place that nothing else can bring you. Trouble will bring you to your knees and make you look up again. And it wasn't until I went and, and surrendered, my life changed. He turned my whole life around, turned my situation around. Didn't have no credit. My credit was bad. Couldn't get a bubblegum on credit. And he raised my credit and let me buy my first home. Let me buy my first home. My, my, I didn't have no credit. My credit was, at, was past zero. And God erased my credit. He erased my bad credit and gave me good credit. Without me going to somebody and asking them to clean up my credit. God cleaned up my credit for me. And we bought our first home. Because I surrendered. I said, Lord, here I am. I remember when we was in the house with five children. Didn't have no food. Didn't go to the church. Didn't go to our, our family members. We wanted to go through whatever we had to go through. And I said, Lord, if you're really God and you're really true to your word, feed us. He proved himself to me that he could feed us. As the raven went and fed the prophet Elijah, God fed us. He fed us and took care of us. We trusted him with our lives and with the lives of our children. Trust God. Trust him. Don't shun away from the cross. Embrace it. Embrace the cross. Go through your pain and your shame. You don't have to defend yourself. God's going to defend you. He'll fight your battle. For the battle is the Lord and the victory is ours. You've been fighting too long and you haven't won yet. You're still going through the same thing over and over and over. But until you turn it over to Jesus and really, really, truly surrender to him, and be crucified to the cross. And the way you know that you're crucified, the thing that used to hurt you, won't hurt you no more. I ain't never heard a dead person say, ouch. 
When he died and they, and they cut that, that, that person open to embalm him, they didn't say, oh, that hurt. They didn't say the word. Because when you're dead, you don't feel no pain. The things that used to hurt you don't hurt no more. The things that used to move you don't move you no more. Why? Because I'm crucified now. I've embraced the cross. Jesus didn't fight. They even told him, say, say, if you be the son of God, bring yourself down from that cross. But he stayed right there. And just like he said on the third day, on the third day he got up. Church, one day you're going to get up from that pain. One day you're going to get up from that shame and all the stuff that you're going through, your financial crisis and all that. One day it's going to be all over. Just embrace the cross. Because there's power in the cross. Amen. We thank God for you. Amen. Thank God for the power of the cross. Amen. Now you know your purpose. You know why you're going through what you're going through. Why it hurts so much? Because you haven't been crucified yet. But there's power in the cross. You've been fighting those battles too long. Let God fight for you now. I hear Sister Erica say sometimes that I don't fight like that no more. I'm fighting now on my knees. Amen. You don't wear yourself out. Amen. You ain't embarrassing yourself when you're getting out there fussing and cussing and fighting. Or but when you get down on your knees, he'll change your situation around. Let God change your situation around. That he'll get the glory and not your reputation about how bad you are. Let him get the glory out of your life. And he'll turn your whole life and your situation around. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. The power of the cross. Amen. This concludes our service on today. Let us stand as we're about to be dismissed. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the word, the songs of praise. Thank you for those that have assembled here as well as those that listen in. Lord, we do pray uh, that you continue to shine your grace and your mercy upon us. And teach us, Lord, how to surrender ourselves to you and to the cross. Let us embrace the cross in the mighty name of Jesus that we may have identification with you and you alone. Now, Lord, as we about to leave this place, but never from your presence, we pray that the grace and mercy of God Rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and not forever. Let us all respond by saying, Amen. Amen. What I say to one, I say to all. Live holy every day. Amen.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.